Good evening and happy Wednesday and happy, is it game three of the finals? Is that tonight? That's tonight. It's, I think they're already playing. Somebody's game is on, but I don't know what number it is. I don't know. <laughs> okay. You said somebody's game. Yeah, one of those. I'm, I don't know. I, I don't follow it. Sorry. Not oh, oh, my <laughs> I was goodness. a cheerleader in high school and college. It was enough. That's enough. I can't. <laughs> anyway. Good evening and happy Wednesday, and everyone ignore tea. Um, This is the In the Thick podcast and talk show, and you are listening to your girl, Heather. Again, there was T, who is acting like a shame right now. And then we also have Fallon. Is Fallon there? Fallon is here. Hey, guys. Fallon! All right, so we are all three. We're on the line. Right, we're on the line, and we are in full effect, and we have a jam-packed show for you guys tonight. I'm really excited about this show because we have yes. been getting some questions um, about some things that we talked about last week. Um, we have a young lady who is going to be coming on later in the show, and she is going to um, help us recap our last week's gender identity topic. We also have um, – um, first part of our Thinking It Through Relationship series. And right now we are going to talk to my girl, Krishan Lampley. Not sure if you guys know who she is, but you should at this point. She is the CEO and president and founder of a wine company called Love Corkscrew. So I'm going to go ahead and dial Ooh. Krishan in now, ladies, Okay. Hi. Hi. We have Krishan Lampley on the line. Hello, ladies. Hi, Krishan. We're so excited to have you on the line. We were actually, um, Fallon just said how sexy your name is, Krishan. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Krishan, you're welcome. Yes, I know, and I had to say your last name with it, too. But how are you today? I am great. Thanks for asking, you ladies. Wonderful. We Good. are doing fantastic. So as I was just explaining to you guys, Krishan Lampley is the founder of LCS Entertainment. So let me just give you a little bit of a background on Krishan. You guys may have seen her on CNBC's The Job Interview, okay? Krishan knows her wine. She is the owner of Love Course School, which is actually some of my favorites. And I'm not just saying this because she's on the phone right now. I honestly love, love corkscrew wines. I'm going to request that Krishan starts to make them in bigger bottles, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Super size. That's funny. <laughs> I love it. Yes. So Love Corkscrew is a lifestyle brand that launched um, in fourth quarter of 2013. Correct, Krishan? That is correct. Secure. Unreal. Okay. okay. Right? Exactly. Exactly. So tell us about who you are. Tell us about your background and tell everyone about Love Corkscrew. So Love Corkscrew is a, a wine brand uh, launched again 2013. And I am a negociant. So what that means is the industry is a winemaker. So a chemist, if you will. So I'm not the one actually crushing the grapes with my feet or making it in my bathtub. I hire uh, vineyard and wineries uh, to produce my uh, my product. So uh, it is my formula. Um, I have three different vineyards that I worked with, with, and six years later, over 75 
thousand bottles sold, um, more than the likes of Mariano's, Benny's, Target, Whole Foods, uh, several other locations around the Chicagoland area, as well as we ship nationwide. So uh, this is a, a very difficult, amazing, wonderful industry to be in. <laughs> right. And congrats. Awesome. Right. Awesome. Absolutely. So you were saying that it's very difficult, but at the same time, amazing. Now, my assumption, and I know that T deals with this too, because she also runs a business. Um, being a black woman in business today, and especially in an industry that is so heavily male-dominated, how do you feel from day to day? Well, you know, it, it's your, your thought when you get into a business like this, um, especially when you're in a small niche, is that you, you always want to prove yourself. You always want to, to, uh, to get noticed. And, and what I learned through the years and just getting older, that it's not always being the loudest in the room saying, hey, I'm a black woman and I own this. Uh, as opposed to people think I'm an ambassador, people think I'm just the face of the brand. Sometimes you just got to sit back and listen and take in and learn because there's always something to learn. Mm. And then, then you don't feel like, like you, you always have to prove yourself. Sometimes you're just there to absorb. And if you sit there for just a minute, all of a sudden people are looking at you like, wait a minute. Oh, you, you don't love you. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's difficult. Yes. I have 111,000 in the world that are African-American mm-hmm. women that do this. So it's, it's very tough, but, but it's gratifying at the same time. And, and, I, and I wouldn't change a thing. That's so That's awesome. great. Well, well, um, what, what is the number? I'm sorry? What is the number, Krishan, of uh, African-American women that share your role? What's the number so again? 60. I didn't, I didn't quite get Six that. Zero. 60. 60. 60. Yeah. Wow. Out of, out of, yeah. Okay. Out of 111,000. Wow that are African-American mm-hmm. women, um, either and, and specifically African-American women that are either vineyard, winery, negotiant owners. Um, there's literally 60 of us out of 111,000. Oh, wow. My. That is pretty flippin' fantastic. Right. So if you had to give someone some advice, not necessarily some, um, a young woman, a young black woman, some advice, what would you say to her as far as, how does she need to start? She may have a gazillion thoughts in her head. She may know exactly what her product is and what she wants to do, but she just can't seem to make that first step. What would you say, being super successful, what should her first step be? To actually do it. I think we, we completely mm. overthink things. I think there's always times where, where you can go to a bank or talk to friends or somebody who's in business, and they always say, well, write a better business plan. Well, it needs to be mm-hmm. more in-depth. Well, you need to get more information. Okay, sometimes you just have to do it because not mm. only are you going to procrastinate, but you're never going to get started because everybody's right. always going to have an opinion. Everybody's always going to have advice. If I had listened there, I, as many people laughed at me, mm. if I had listened to any of them, I, I wouldn't have started to this day because everyone's like, you can't do it. There's no way there's a license that you can do that. There's, this doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. These people had mm. no idea what they were talking about, but I just started and I just did it. So I think wow. that's the biggest uh, problem is we're always waiting for that right moment that never comes. So mm-hmm. if you don't start and just knock it out, yeah, sure, you're going to fail. There's going to be plenty of failures within it. But you're going to live and learn that as you, as you grow. So you just got to go for it. Stop overthinking it. 
That's awesome. Yeah, right. hear that? Stop overthinking. How many of us do that constantly? Exactly. Oh, my God. Women especially. <laughs> women especially. Yeah. We're, all, we, we're, sure. we're doing too much in our heads, but not doing enough to, to grow. Wow. Prashant, no, that spoke to me. Go ahead, Heather. No, no. What were you saying, Fallon? Krishan, that actually spoke to me as an aspiring business owner um, because I feel that I had been asking asking too many questions versus just getting out there and, and making a stamp and, and progressing on my own. So I appreciate that little piece of uh, wisdom there. Uh, in addition, I have a question about your, the names of your wine. What, what inspires those? Because they're they're quite different, guys. They're like I think there's one moving on up, right? <laughs> and, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> and we go high. And, and, we go high. And yeah. we go high. I love so, we go high. That's yeah. my new what? baby. So in general, the the labels came from as simple as in the industry. The number one people reason why people buy wine and in, in stores specifically is the label. Number two, the price. Number three, the taste. They will go back for one and two and not even like what they're drinking because it's recognizable. Also, people get really confused when they're going down wine aisles, um, not being able to mount certain varietals like Bordeaux, Chianti, Chandon Blanc, all that kind of stuff. So, and they don't know exactly what they're looking for. So I said, mm-hmm. why don't I make it really simple? You don't have to remember my varietal. You don't have to remember it's a Cabernet Sauvignon, but you're going to remember we're moving on up. You don't have to remember it's a reason, but you're going to remember head over heels. So I wanted to be very noticeable on the shelf. I wanted to be fun. And, and again, this was not made for the, for the wine snobs. Even though wine snobs totally respect sure. my wine. It was meant for something that's just easy and stop overthinking it and just mm. enjoy wine and, and enjoy it. And, and I wanted to be noticeable on the shelf. So uh, that, that's the, uh, the main reason why I decided to do catchphrases and, and uh, just make the, the labels fun. Wow. That's yeah. great reasoning. I have really been trying to get more into wines because obviously you get accustomed, like you were saying, to like the, the same two or three wines that you're, that you're used to. And then when you mm-hmm. want to expand your horizons, you're standing there like me, like I'm shivering and I'm, you know, rubbing my arms. Yep. Like, what do I do? Where do I go? It's like you get anxiety in the wine aisle because you have no idea what mm-hmm. to do. So mm-hmm. your, yours are very fun. Now, Krishan, you are – it looks like you've acquired over 50 locations. Is that what I'm, what, what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, um, probably a little more now. I haven't counted in a while. But, yes, about, approximately 50 locations in the Chicagoland area, yes. So you're at oh Mariano's, Whole Foods, yes. Yes. Target, restaurants, yes. bars, and some other local liquor stores. Is that correct? Correct, correct. How do you find time to do all this? <laughs> so you know what it, it's one of those things I, I do so much but but the, that part of it really comes from more of my distributor so so uh in this industry you kind of have to go through you know multiple tiers so me as a supplier of, of wine i have to then you know put it in the distributor's hands who have sales people but where my role comes in is is upkeeping that right the the managers or the the beverage um the buyers they all want a piece of, of me because i'm easily accessible within the chicagoland area so a lot of times it'll be more bargaining tools than anything the salesperson will go in and say hey well you know if you take in this wine krishan will come and do a tasting or krishan will come and do an event uh so my role is is more of the you know they they, they uh, get it in and then i have to come in with the sugar on top 
so it's, it's nice. very difficult because I'm also dealing with so many things because I'm dealing with the vineyards. I'm dealing with customers directly. I'm dealing with people inboxing me saying, hey, I'm in the store and I can't find it. And, you know, people do have access to me and I try as much as I can to, to appease everyone, which ends up, you know, nothing left in my day. But, uh, but mm. you know, I love every second of it. And, again, I'm not complaining. I never will. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't stop for me. It doesn't stop. That's so great. I will tell wow. y'all that whenever I reach out to Krishan, she makes sure that she contacts me back. She is really, really good about that. So Aww. if you guys need to reach out to Krishan, I'm sure she'll do the same thing. But as she's saying, she's tired now, so her sister needs to get some rest, okay? <laughs> <laughs> she needs to take a nap. She needs to take a nap. Now, Krishan, I you've been on, that, on yeah. tour also, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I just completed a, a tour of Michigan. It was um, an event called um, Do Well, which was like a, a women's um, very you know, much empowerment event. But it was really fun because I was able to go into places of Michigan like Kalamazoo, Detroit, Grand Rapids, who have been true fans of Love Corkscrew for a while, and, and I ship a lot of wine in, in that area. And to be there amongst um, the ladies and, and to empower them. And I, I taught a class on, on marketing and how to market your business. And it was just great seeing these young ladies take notes and learn and and uh, really, really take uh, full advantage of me while I was there and uh, and taste the wine as well. And they bought some wine, too. So, uh, yes, I'm, I'm always somewhere. I'll be, uh, I believe, in D.C. a couple of times next month. And I'm all over. Uh, I love going to Texas. So uh, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. A lot of traveling for me this year. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. Mm-hmm. Great to hear. Busy me. I mean, booked and busy. That's always great, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not complaining. What? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, one last question for you, uh, Krishan. When it comes to quality customer service, I know especially in uh, the black community, there's so much uh, negativity as far as um, people saying that, you know, when you shop small, you shop, shop black, it's hard to get the best customer service. What is key when, when it comes to your business and your customer service? You know, I, I've learned on, on twofold. I, I've been in sales and marketing for 25 years now, and you're never going to please everyone, period. Uh, but right. if you can please as much as possible your your demographics and the people that, that you're out to, to make happy, and, and they are the ones who actually buy your product, then you need to do the best you can. But nobody's perfect. Just like when, when people say, oh, well, I might not like your, your cab or I may not like your Pinot Grigio. That's fine. We all have different <laughs> taste buds. I'll live. But there's people who actually love it. So there, there's only so much one can do as a small business because um, we wear so many hats. And until we get to a level where we can hire additional people to wear those other hats, we just kind of have to deal with it. Um, I, I mm-hmm. really, really want business owners to not take it personal. Never take it personal. Because once mm. you turn it personal, you're definitely going to react with your heart and emotion that you should not when it's just business. Yeah. You just have to be as, as, as nice as possible, um, not get into your feelings because that's when things mm-hmm. are going to go wrong. And you just mm-hmm. have to say, you know what, let me brush it off and let me continue because in any industry, in any string industry you're in, there's plenty of money to be made. There's plenty yeah. of people who are going to be happy as long as you're doing your best. So at the end of the day, let, let go. 
let go of the people who may not, might not like you. I get people all the time that come up to me like, oh, well, I'm not a wine drinker, but I love you. That's okay. But I promise you, you know somebody who is. So you can buy gifts, right? Right. Right. <laughs> and and then we have some of my best customers. Those are some mm-hmm. of my best customers. Some that don't drink buy 40, 50 bottles from me for gifts every Christmas. So, you know, it, it's, it's all about just doing your best. Yes, as black businesses, we get a bad rap. Why? Because mm-hmm. we expect more from each other to the point that it's impossible. Mm-hmm. And that's not mm-hmm. fair. It's not wow. fair. And, and, and I would that. say when, when, you, when you accept mm-hmm. big box stores and, and other stores for doing exactly the same to, thing to you, you still go back. Mm-hmm. But then if we do one, make one little mistake, oh, it's the entire business. It's not just yeah. maybe that employer. It's not just maybe that moment. Or maybe you misinterpret something. Our expectations are way out of whack on each mm-hmm. other. Let's actually, and I know it becomes cliche, but let's all win together. My God. Like that. Yeah. We can all it's eat. too much. We can all, we can all eat. Everyone. Right? And right, stop yeah. competing. That whole crab in a crab barrel. There's enough for everyone, whether it's accolades, whether it's money, whether it's fame, whether it's success, whatever you look at it, however you look at it, there's plenty of room for everyone. Like yes, it. Sir. So like just, it. please, like, just work together. It'll be all right. Uh, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. now, now, for, now, for Sean, but before we go, uh, what are you going to be doing the rest of 2019? Now, we have the first five months of the year is done. We are done. We're into June. What does the rest of your year look like? Oh, wow. You know, it comes into wine season. A lot of people, um, you know, think that wine is something that's year-round, but our, the biggest part of our season, they call it O&D, October, November, December. We mm-hmm. actually prepare all year for those three months. And, and people always have their mouth open when, they, when I say, that's the only time I really make money for those three months. Um, because those oh. events, the holiday, right? People are buying gifts and corporate events and galas and everything happens October, November, December. So what I tend to do for the for the year prior to that is, you know, like I've been doing, doing speaking engagements and really try to do as much as I can to help entrepreneurs in mentoring, um, speaking at schools and colleges and, and everything I can to do to, to at least inspire someone. So the rest of 2019, uh, I'm just going to be grinding and it's, it's getting ready. Harvest is coming. So that's another part of the year. So I'll be heading to Napa and Sonoma and Healdsburg. So uh, it, it's getting prepared for those last three months, um, and uh, that's what I'm ready for. I can't wait. Nice. Now, Krishan, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online and on social media? As simple as love, cork, screw. There's no commas, no dots, not love, cork, and screw. It's love, cork, screw on IG, uh, Facebook, anywhere, uh, Krishan Lampley on LinkedIn. And uh, my website is simple as www.lovecorkscrew.com. You can ask any questions there. And uh, it's very easy to navigate all my social media and to find me. Fantastic. Krishan, we want to thank you so much for this time that you spent. You're always so great. Whenever I ask Krishan if I can talk to her, she's always ready. So thank you so Aww. much for doing this. My we appreciate you. you. My, we appreciate you so your, your, your team and everyone who, who helps you do the things that you do. Yes, they're amazing, and, and I wouldn't change it for the world. So thank you guys, and anything you need from me, you know I'm here for you. Thank you, Krishan. Thank you have you. a wonderful night. All right. Take care, ladies. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Me too. Bye. Bye.
listeners, we are back. This is the In the Thick podcast and talk show. You have Heather, T, and Fallon. And before we went to our little break, we were talking to my girl, Krishan Lampley. I love Corkscrew, the owner of Love Corkscrew, excuse me, and LCS Entertainment. And you guys, one thing that Krishan forgot to mention is that she also makes candles that smells like her wine and body butter. What? Oh wow! Yes, she does. I'm all about the candle life. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm all about you. it. T has candles lit all over the place. It's some lit right now. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> That's why she laughs. Anyway, guys, as we said at the top of the show, we also have another person that we're so very excited to talk to. She's actually on the line right now, uh, Ebony Todd. Now, Ebony's going to help. Um, clear some things up from last week's gender identity topic. And that gender identity can kind of be like a, a, a sticky subject, right, ladies? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. You don't always know how to approach it. You don't know how to approach it. You don't want to offend anyone, but you have questions. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, I don't know what question to ask. Is this the right question? Should I be quiet about this? Sure. So Ebony is mm-hmm. going to help us kind of sort through some things, right, Ed? Sure. Yeah. Yes, All right, and the definition the definition mm-hmm. can change per person. I think also the definition of gender identity changes uh, from person to person. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I just I just felt that you know maybe somebody from the community should have been represented, and that's why I wanted to get on the show. Um, I love the show. Uh, you guys have some interesting opinions, but you know I uh, wanted to kind of get. Uh, an opinion of someone who's actually in the community. Um, I am a woman who dresses like a man, you know. I will have a short haircut. I wear men's clothes. I wear men's shoes. I do not own a pair of panties, you know. But I don't have, I believe I don't have gender identity issues. I feel like I am a woman. I'm just a different type of woman. A woman who dresses different, like all of you women who you guys all dress different. You guys all have different styles, the hairstyle. Mm-hmm. I'm just a woman just like you guys. I just don't dress in women's clothing. Wow. I am a, okay. So, so every woman or every man that you see that dresses the opposite uh, of gender doesn't mean that they identify with the gender that they dress in. Some do, mm. some don't. Everyone's different. Okay. So, okay. Ebony, you you are referring to a matter of personal preference, not identity. Yeah, I'm not I'm not referring to identity. I don't think I have gender identity issues. Um, some from the outside looking in would say so, but me personally, I identify as a woman. Okay. I'm just shopping in men's department. Okay. And that's okay. And that's, that's okay if that's what you want to do. Now, Ebony, we uh-huh. know because we know how people are and we've been living in this world long enough, right? Right. We know that there are people who I'm sure because of your choices as far as what you decide to wear and whatnot and the fact that you dress, you, you wear clothes from the men's section, they look at you sideways, don't they? All the time. I get it all the time. Um, mm-hmm. I've been dressing this way for so long since I was a kid, you know, I had fights with my mom about every time I went to the store. She wanted me to wear skirts and dresses, and I wanted basketball shorts and jerseys. 
And I grew up with both my parents, my mom and dad. They're both ministers, um, very strict Christian households. Um, but from a very young age, I, I knew I was different. Like, I didn't know what gay was because there was no gay people around me. There's no mm-hmm. gay people on the television. This is 25 years ago. I'm 38 now. Well over 25 years ago. So I didn't know what gay was. I just knew that I was different. I just knew that when the girls talk about how cute the boys were, I did not vibe with that. Like, I didn't think they were cute. I thought they stunk. Girl, they did. And I wasn't attracted to that at all. So, mm. um, you know, I, I don't know if I was born there. I don't know what I was born. I just know I was born at then, but I just know at a very young age I was just different. Yeah, and that mm-hmm. actually was going to be one of my questions because I know it's something that comes up. And the thing for me is, is just that um, even now, Tutu, she's 13, you know, and she has classmates that are identifying as um, gay and lesbian. And these kids, some of them are completely out. Their parents are aware it's not an issue. And some of these kids are struggling so uh-huh. I think my question is, um, Ebony, if you had to talk to one of these kids that were struggling, do mm. you think that now is an okay time for them to have this conversation with their parents? Because Tutu wants me to have conversation with one of her friends in particular, and that's definitely not my place. I can't okay. be the third party, you know, to come to tell your parents something so heavy, you know, for their household so uh-huh. if, if, if there was one piece of advice that you could give to these, they're 13, you know what I mean? Okay. What would your advice be? My advice would be to just, first of all, 13 is too young to be thinking about any type of, I believe. I mean, I know nowadays they're, they're going up fast, but mm-hmm. at this point, at 13, they need to preserve their interests. Now, I'm not mm-hmm. saying... If you if your child comes to you and say, Hey, I feel like I'm gay, I don't think making them feel bad about it or making them do things like you know, I know a lot of guys that told their father they were gay and like they made them do all kinds of weird shit to, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. All kinds of weird things to make them make drink. the gay go away. You can't uh-huh. right. You can't make the gay go away. Mm-hmm. All you can do is nurture and love your child and give them yes. the best tools to live life, period. Mm-hmm. So when they're old enough to decide or say, hey, I'm straight or I'm gay, they're equipped with the tools of life, you know? Because okay. the, 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 I'll tell you, the LGBT lifestyle will chew your children up and spit them out. Mm. Oh, make sure that they're I can imagine. strong, you know? Make yeah, sure that imagine. they're strong just in life, period. Just period, in right. That they have the self-esteem and just to deal with just life itself, you know? So they don't run into a group of people that don't mean they're no, no good because their family mm-hmm. is just mm-hmm. them or their family mm-hmm. is making them feel a certain type of way, you mm-hmm. know? Okay, now, Ebony, if I I would interject, I would say um, if you could give me your opinion on whether or not television and music 
has an influence on our younger generation. And then also add on to whether or not your exposure um, at some point while you were younger influenced the fact that you like to dress this way versus the opposite way. Um, I absolutely believe television and music has an influence. Mm. Um, every song nowadays is, oh, I got two girls kissing, I got two girls doing this, mm-hmm. you know. It's cool, you know. It's um, okay to be, I guess, the, I don't, don't want to say the gay agenda, or, you know. Mm-hmm. But, it's, you know. Call a thing a thing, Eventually, the same exactly. as if you're not straight, it's going to come out eventually. Oh, yeah. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. As far as my childhood, there, there Just one last question for you, okay? okay. If you, you know, and, and something that, that T had touched on as far as her child coming to her and saying, hey, Ma, can you talk to someone's parents because they want to be able to come out to their parents? Um, and obviously you're saying, no, maybe this is not the appropriate time. When do you think that it is the appropriate time for someone? Or I'll go even further and say for children who may be confused and have questions, Mm-hmm. When do you think it's appropriate time to ask? And also, how are we supposed to respond to them? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're talking to someone who doesn't have children, but um, I just, I just feel like the conversation should be open. And mm-hmm. um, if your child is confused, um, they just have open open conversation and open dialogue. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think that children, if you say, "Hey, no, you don't do that," children gravitate towards what you tell them not to do, right? Definitely, right. of course. Okay. Yes, they do. So, <laughs> so just be open. Hey, if this is how you feel um, right now, I don't think you should be thinking about anything as far as you know, sexually, straight right. or gay, any um, orientation. Think about in, orientation for school. That's it. That's it. There you go. Get, you know, books. Books for right. Okay. Right. 
Exactly. So I don't think that you should condemn them, but I also don't think that at 12 and 13 that, especially in today's society, that they know mm-hmm. that they're, you know, gay or straight. You know, I think it's so pushed on them these days that these children, these children are confused because yeah. the television, the music, you know, and then we mm-hmm. we don't have them like we pull them away from gay people. This person mm-hmm. is gay, so let's not be around them instead of exposing them to these people. Exactly. Um, and so it's not as taboo to them, you know. Yeah, wow. totally agree. Wow, agree. Fantastic. Well, Ebony, we want to thank you for coming on and shedding yes. some light and kind of clearing some things up regarding our gender identity uh, topic that we spoke about last week. You are a very brave soul to do this. Yes, oh, you really are. You, you really are. And we, we thank you, Ebony, and you are fantastic. You really are. Know that you are so fantastic. We love you. We speak very highly of you, um, and you will be a guest on our show again. Oh, please do, because I have a lot of opinions about everything. So. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Ebony, and I got some things to Wonderful. say. <laughs> right. Well, thank, thank you, you so thank much, you, and we'll be practice. talking to you again. Thank you, Ebony. All right. Have a good one. Love you. Bye. Bye. You too. having a good time tonight on this podcast, right? We are. Yes. Lots of lots of information. We have two fantastic people. Our last guest was Ebony Todd. And again, Ebony was shedding some light on what we discussed last week regarding gender identity. She did say a lot of fantastic mm-hmm. things. She oh, said gosh. a lot of things that I was actually surprised at. So my mouth did drop a couple of times. So I would really love to talk to Ebony again, even offline. um, Because um, my youngest at her school, she goes to a gifted school. So the learning is a little bit ahead of kids that are her own age. So Mm -hmm. found out a few weeks ago before school let out that they brought in a group of people to tell them about being gay and lesbian. They brought in a transgender couple. I was floored. They did not ask for the parents. They didn't ask for us to sign a permission slip because what what if I didn't want my child to be a part of that? Right. What if? Now, you've sent home a permission slip for everything else. Right, right. You didn't send home a permission slip for this. So, of course, I did call it and and, and give it to them. You know I did. Um, But their their explanation explanation was that they have had an influx of kids this year coming to them and telling them that we are gay, lesbian, boys saying they want to be girls, girls saying they want to be boys. And they were like, we didn't know what else to do. Mm, They kind of just took it and ran with it. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know what yeah. to do. They're like, it's Got so it. many, and we just we just didn't know whose parents we should contact first. So we said, you know what, let's just bring in some people so mm-hmm. that we can have a discussion about this. Once wow. again, that's and unauthorized exposure. Un- unauthorized exposure, exactly. However, one mm-hmm. thing I did appreciate that the transgender couple did say, right, mm-hmm. they said, we 
are not going to promote this for you guys. This is a decision that you need to make when you, you are older. And just like what Ebony said, what you need to be focused on at this age is your schoolwork. So not everybody who lives that lifestyle is trying to push it on everybody else. They're, it's right. not like a committee. It's not a cult, okay? Just right. to let everybody sure. out there know that it is not a cult. So it's not right. like what people just automatically think that it is. It's not. It, do, it doesn't even right. work like that. But anyway. They're not trying to recruit your kids. But, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Now, I mm-hmm. will say that there are some people in every, in, in every group, right? There's some people, there's some sick people in every group, but it oh, doesn't yeah. mean that it's a cross the board. Exactly. I'm sure you guys yeah, can agree, agree with me. So agree. anyway, we and I'd like to add. To, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'd like I'd like to add that for the most genuine of this bunch of, of, of people and category of people, this is not a decision. This is something from within. This is not something yeah. that they said and said, okay, today is the day I'm gonna be a man. That's not how this works. <laughs> that's yeah. not. So just for our audience that may have uh, misunderstood or we may have misled by uh, misspeaking, that's not what we're saying. This is definitely not a decision. I think we're just saying that for these children, it's giving them information that they're not equipped to accept and receive. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Because mm-hmm. all these kids' maturity levels and are process. what works, mm-hmm. right, well, how they think, how they process their maturity level. My daughter is very mature for her age. She can process. She can handle. She asks questions. But, you know, the next kid may be very confused, you know, by all of that. But we'll we'll dig deeper into that, um, you know, probably another show because, Yeah. <laughs> Because we still have lots to say. And I think that the three of us are still learning some things, too. Definitely. Because what I want to get down deep with is, you know, this, this, um, the category gender identity when it comes to Christianity. So I want to talk about that, too. And I also want to get oh, yeah. someone on the show who can speak to that and shed That's some light. That's five, you know, now, now, <laughs> that, I, that is all of season one, probably. Right, and, right. <laughs> that's all of one, you know. So, anyway, so we're going to move into our last segment of this show, which is the Thinking It Through Relationship series. Now, we discussed last week, T actually introduced us to us last week, and she said mm-hmm. that we're going to do a three part relationship series. Part one is tonight, and T, tell us what that is. So, part one tonight is stemming from the unfortunate. Oh, gosh. No. I, I, don't, I don't even know how to word this, but it's the unfortunate demise and death of this beautiful baby girl, Malaya, um, in Texas. Um, she was murdered. Let me just call it what it exactly is. Um, it's unfortunate and things along those lines. Um, so it looks like that the stepfather, for lack of a better term, um, is has been brought in. Well, he's been in, but he is now being the person that they're accusing of doing the actual killing. So um, I don't want to take up too much time with the background and the timeline, but the most important part, which is why I wanted to bring this into the relationship series, is that the mother left her with this man. He's not uh I don't know if he's the biological father. I couldn't find that information. I don't know why I wanted to call him. Okay, right. I'm like, why do I want to call him that? Um, And just for my own, you know, I don't typically use that term, but I'm reading it the way that it's coming across the media. I think bonus dad is so much more friendly. Um, But, you know, 
So he is the person that's responsible for the untimely death of this beautiful baby girl. So now the thing is she is beautiful. Susan, she's so beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. The thing is, is that he said that he's not a killer. So the mom left her with this guy while she supposedly went to a funeral. And this wasn't anything new. From all of the information that I gathered, she would leave the baby with this man all of the time. Like, it wasn't just a one-time thing. Um, and uh, so they feel like the mom knows more than what she's saying. And it's also um, the son, They have a, there's a son involved, too. He's 13. He's also in jail, and he has something to do with this as well. So my thing oh, is, is that, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. Wait. And I really, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I have to interrupt you. I completely missed that part. You said that a 13-year-old is involved with this? Yes, some kind of way. Um, They have made it where the mom was going to talk to him and going to visit him. Now her her, her attorney has advised her not to, to cut those conversations off. Now that the stepfather has been accused, so that's what's happening Mm -hmm. on that end. Yeah, so it's a lot. And so there's a um, uh, human uh, human rights advocate down there in Texas as well, and he was working with her. I can't um, uh, I can't call his name, and I'm so sorry. I should have had that information, but I, it, I went into information overload, just getting the background on everything sure. with this entire story. Um, but he was the spokesperson for the mom. So when you saw her on the news, the person that was speaking for her. That's who I'm referring to. He cut off all ties and relationships with the mom because he felt like the mother wasn't being honest and she wasn't being truthful, and he said he couldn't no longer have this on his conscience. Right? Yeah. So that's the background of the story. It's so heavy. So T, T does the uh, bonus dad, does he have um, any sort of violent background? Do we know that? I didn't see anything about that, but I did see during his interviews, he kept talking about how overwhelmed he was because Malaya was special needs, and she had just had, um, she had, just had a brain surgery a couple of weeks before um, her death. So she was special needs. She was a little bit sick, and then they had other children in the household, and he said he was feeling very overwhelmed well, well. with having to take care of her. So that oh. leads up to the point of leaving your kids with people that aren't their biological dad. (sighs) Let me take a breath. (laughs) So here's my thing. And y'all know me. I'm very transparent. I have nothing to hide. There's not a fake phony bone in my body. This hit home for me on a couple of reasons. One reason is that one of my very closest friends, who I won't put names out there just to protect them, um, had a niece uh, that was killed in a similar matter. And no one ever did any time, but the baby, baby D, is what I'll refer to her as. She was six years old. She was left with the mother's boyfriend, um, and she wound up dead. Uh, no charges ever came or anything along those lines, but that's the thing for me, uh, leaving your kid with anybody that's not the dad. And I'll be perfectly honest and transparent. Tutu um, had a bonus dad, and we were okay enough that she was okay to stay with him for 
um, a few hours, you know, never overnight or anything like that. But if I was, you know, he would pick her up from school and things along those lines. However, comma, I'm pretty sure her Tutu's biological dad, along with my dad, along with my brothers, along with my cousins, had instilled enough fear in him that he knew not to ever go left with Tutu. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I'd known him for years. You know, it wasn't the case where we were married. We all lived in a household and all of that cute stuff. Um, So it wasn't the case like I just met him. We had just started dating, and all of a sudden he's alone with Uh, my kids. uh So fast forward to 2019, that's no longer a thing, right? Um, Whatever happens with Tutu and myself moving forward, I'm just so sorry. There is no one. Let me just backtrack a little bit. No man has ever been around my child, and this is just me, except for her biological dad and her at-the-time bonus dad. That's it. Anything else I was doing in between those cracks had nothing to do with her. And I think that as mothers, we're – as a single mom, because I'm in that space now, whew, as a single mom, some of us, uh-huh. n- not me, some single moms want that family unit so bad that they bring mm-hmm. these men in too quick, yeah. too fast. Yep. You, first of all, you can't bring them over your daughters. I just have a thing about that. Not to say that sons are okay to meet these men either, but you sure. have daughters that are body parts are popping out and you're developing sure. and things along those lines, you can't bring everybody that you have a fun night with around your kid. Mm-hmm. I think us and taking those shortcuts. I'm trying to just keep going. Oh, I'm, so, I'm so sorry. I tried to, oh, I tried to contain my laughter. Right, right. But no, that's, that's just the thing. You can't be so wanting to have that family unit that bad that you're willing to compromise the safety of your home and your kid or kids if you've got more than one. And that's just kind of where I sit with it. I see various people doing various things, you know, and I mind my own black-owned business, and that's not for me to speak on. But what they say, as for me and my household, I know what's happening over here. And I just feel like I don't know if it's the case, and I could be way left if this mom had to just kind of took the time, you know, to cultivate and develop relationships a little bit more and really get to know what was going on, don't be so quick to leave your kids. Just, I, I get it. We all get tired. We all want that me time and things like that. Of course. But that's your whole baby. First of all, I was in labor with two to 22 hours. So ain't nobody. <laughs> I'm just, I'm very protective over her anyway, you know, so um, that's just my piece on that, y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you no, know, see, my my take my take on that is that the fact that what stands out to me is that she is a special needs child, and right. not that not that you know um, someone in the more normative category wouldn't have been exposed to this. But my thing is, I think that as a parent of a special needs child, it's important that you don't that you pay attention to who she is, she or he is left with because just like a, an elderly um, a sibling or, or a relative, that is overwhelming caretaking for those, mm-hmm. for those sorts of people that need that one-on-one special attention, that 24-hour care that, you know, can't do anything by themselves. You know, so I think it's important, okay, this is boyfriend, but 
my child needs more than boyfriend. My child may need, you know, a, a special nurse. My child may need mm-hmm. a special facility. I need to, a special daycare. I, mm-hmm. I don't. I feel that she was maybe irresponsible in in allowing him as as the boyfriend of, of I guess we don't know how many years, but it could have been, you know, uh, anyone. I think when, when you're dealing with a special needs kid, I think it's important as the parent and or guardian mm-hmm. to to make sure they're being cared for by folks with um, common goals and skills that you will be mm-hmm. able to trust because I'm sure I – I've never been around a special needs child. It's, you know, uh, solo. But I can only imagine there's some things that I might not know how to react to. So mm-hmm. I think I think in, in him saying that he was overwhelmed, I think that's a mm-hmm. serious red flag. Yeah, agree. I agree. I think totally that's a, agree. a serious red flag yeah. because, yeah. I mean, it, there's, there's nothing worse than not knowing how to deal with, What's what's right in front of you, especially when there's no one around you that you can ask. So if yeah, he's being left a, alone, and this girl is just you know giving mm-hmm. him the flux, who knows mm-hmm. what sort of psyche he was in at that point? I agree with you. Well, she, that's she, a very good point. And then he, you know, like you said, she's special needs, so she has you know she has certain things that she would need and things like that. If he doesn't know. You know, and like you said, you don't know where his mind is at, and he doesn't know how to deal. Everybody has different coping mechanism skills anyway, you know, so mm-hmm. that's a very valid point. I agree with you on that. Not to justify anything that he did, but I totally sure. get what you're saying with that. Go ahead. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You know, and the thing was, you know, sound like you were saying, it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You don't know what to do. You don't know who to turn to. You don't know what to run to. If you're being faced with that situation, you're not used to it. Part of my issue is that the baby hit, was just recovering from a brain injury mm-hmm. a few weeks before this. She was left under his watch and ended up with a brain injury. Mm-hmm. And she was left at home again because the mother was going to bury her father. Mm-hmm. Her father had died. She went out of town to his funeral. Obviously, you know, her saying, you know, when she was getting interviewed, I returned home thinking that my children would be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, as women, especially single mothers, single mothers have to be so careful. I know it's a financial thing, too. Because mm-hmm. you don't want it. You, maybe you can't afford daycare. Or maybe you're in that sure. small bracket of women who don't make enough for daycare but make too much for public assistance, right? Mm-hmm. And so you still don't have the money to be able to pay for daycare, pay for before and after school club, pay for summer camps because they are ridiculously expensive. Oh, you know, ridiculous. And, and so you are, you, you are trusting someone who you have a relationship with. However, mm-hmm. you're seeing signs. Not only that, the mother had already broken up with this man. They yeah. were no longer in a relationship. Yeah, they were having oh, a boy. lot of issues. Yeah, that would have been, that would have been another thing so then, for me. So then why is that your choice? Why is that who you leave? The person that you're no longer in a relationship with, that's the person I leave my very, very ill 
especially in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I don't understand right. that. Logic. Like you couldn't exactly. find any. First of all, if your father passed away, take your kids with you. You know, that's what their respect. grandfather mm-hmm. and pay respect, even if they don't go to the services. I just, you know, at 13, I haven't exposed you to, to a lot of funerals because I just feel like that's a lot of emotion to take a kid through. Mm-hmm. So even mm-hmm. if they don't attend the services, though, and you don't have a relationship with this guy, you don't have, and I'm sure there were some red flags in their relationship while she obviously felt like she wanted to move on. So my thing is you don't want to be with him, so why would you leave your kids with him? What's that Maybe she like couldn't afford a plane ticket. Maybe maybe there was no extra money for the plane ticket. Maybe she, she was, just, you know, you know me. I'm, check and I'm couldn't scrappy. do it. I'm scrappy, and I feel like, you know, there's a way around everything. I'm very resourceful. Agreed. And if it came down Agreed. to the safety of my kids, and I know I want to get to my, sure enough, got to go to my daddy's funeral, we're going to have to figure something else out. I'm not going to push comes to shove. I'm not going to just be like, okay, well, I can't do this, so I'm going to leave them with the lunatic. Not happy. Hey, I would have been on a 23-hour bus ride, a train ride. Do you understand because all, me? Because all of us, all of mm-hmm. us could have gone on the Amtrak or the Greyhound. Mm-hmm. Do you hear me? The cost of it, for the cost of a plane ticket. So I think that they are still mm-hmm. obviously investigating the mother's side of the story, you mm-hmm. know. But listeners, we would like for you guys to weigh in on this topic, too, because this is something that is hot and heavy right now. I am seeing on various feeds there are people that are on, on both sides of the coin. Some some women who are getting in their feelings saying that, you know, it's not the mother's fault for leaving her child, you know, and then there are some people saying, well, it was if she had some type of ill feeling toward him, if they had already been having issues, if the baby had already Mm -hmm. just come out of the hospital. Not only that, her children were taken away from her in August, and she just got them back in February because right. of some things that were going on at the home. So yeah, why was I didn't she still go in your home? Far. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. when I saw all of that, it also made me think maybe the mom is not all the way mentally stable. That's the only thought process that I could have for her logic. Maybe she's not, maybe the elevator is not going all the way up to the top for her, and she doesn't get what she should be doing, and maybe she just, that's my only logic for her. But for Mm -hmm. me as a mom, I just feel like if anything like that happens, it's nobody else's fault but hers. I'm sorry. You're the mom. You birthed that Mm -hmm. baby. That baby is your baby. Like they always say, mama's baby, daddy's baby. That baby, the man can always go wherever he wants. That baby is yours, period. That's it. It's her. And y'all could y'all could light my whole behind up. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. As a mother, your sole responsibility to your kid is to protect them. If you can't do nothing else. Protect these babies. You protect those. I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah, I'm telling that's you. That's true. And, we, and we're all mothers, so we know, like, when that, when that instinct, when that thing on the inside of you flares up hmm. about your children, you yeah. are going for blood. I've Do asked the school, the schools have asked me, can you please not come right now because we know. <laughs> we, oh. Ma'am, 
ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am, let me stop. Listen. Let me stop. But 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 all of right. us understand, and we've all been there at some point. But like I like I was saying, listeners, we want you guys to weigh in on this. Call us, text us, email us, hit us on DM. You can find us um, any and everywhere on social media. We had a great show tonight. Okay, yes, that is what anyway. I want to say. We had a great show. We had some great topics. We were able to talk to homegirl Krishan Lampley of Love Corkscrew. We were able to talk to the other homegirl, Ebony Todd, um, yes. talking about gender identity. We started um, uh, the first segment of the Thinking It Through Relationships series. I am so very happy. You can find the In the Thick podcast and talk show on Instagram at In the Thick, I N T H A, thick underscore pod. Also on Facebook at In the Thick. T, what is our Twitter? In the Thick at In the Thick oh. on Twitter. <laughs> See, and you guys, that is T-H-A, not T-H-E, not because I was having a conversation with a couple people earlier, and they wanted to act like they couldn't find it. It is oh T-H-A, not T-H-E, and our Make website is, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's why we did that, right? Anyway, <laughs> our website is www.inthethick.com. You guys have a wonderful rest of your week. Today is hump day, but tomorrow is pre-Friday, or is it Friday, Junior? Pre-Friday. 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 Yay. Have a good night, y'all. Bye. Bye. Good night.